Welcome back, gamers. It is the 16th episode of Press Y. I'm your host, Kelton Burns. I'm joined by Cameron Donahoe. Hello! I'm Cameron Donahoe, joined today by Kelton Burns. And it is the end of October, so we're wrapping up spooky season. And yeah, let's get into it, guys. We got some news for you. You legally are not allowed to be spooky starting November 1st. Or shave. Or nut. There's a lot of limitations. <laughs> a lot of rules in November. But in November, come December, yeah. man, a lot of nut, a lot of hair. Santa Claus is coming and everything's free game. Santa Claus is coming a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get into the news. Let's get into the news. So, two weeks after the Activision Blizzard acquisition, Microsoft is undergoing a significant reorganization of leadership within their Xbox branch. So, let's get into this. The most notable of these transitions will see Sarah Bond move to Xbox president, overseeing all Xbox platform and hardware work. Bond is moving up from the vice president role, which she has held since 2020. Before Xbox, she worked at T-Mobile in various leadership roles. She has a history of creating and instating kind of like company-wide initiatives and leading large-scale change within corporations. So, it seems to be a good move for Xbox. Matt Booty will move to the president of game content and studios. Booty has been at Microsoft since 2010 and has worked his way up from managing first-party games for Xbox Live Arcade and Windows Phones to now the head of Microsoft Studios. Before Microsoft, Booty worked at Midway Games from 1995 to 2010, where he worked his way up from being a game programmer to being president and CEO. And then for those who don't know, Midway Games developed or published games like Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, Rampage, NFL Blitz, mainly in the, like, the 90s, uh, but they did go bankrupt in 2010 and were mostly purchased by Warner Bros., uh, Chris Caposella is stepping down as chief marketing officer after 32 years at Microsoft. Takeshi Numoto will be taking his place. Numoto has been with the company a similarly long time, 26 years. Caposella released a statement explaining that Numoto and him have had a succession plan in place for a while, and as this new era of AI is upon us, we've decided this is the right time to put that plan into action. It's a direct quote. Uh, on the topic of AI, Microsoft has been gearing up to integrate AI technology into multiple avenues of its business, not just related to Xbox, but across other divisions of Windows and its cloud systems as well. If you're interested in learning more about Microsoft's AI pursuits, you should just look up Microsoft Copilot because that seems to be like the big program kind of AI spearheading that they're doing. So yeah, seems like as they acquired Activision Blizzard, they're just going to like shake up, reorganize and get ready for this uh, this next era. Uh, moving forward i don't know if it's because uh gaming as a whole is very volatile or just because like there's just a lot of or it's just like right now in this uh segment of gaming history that there's just so much going on but it seems like almost every week there is a new significant person in gaming uh like stepping down or retiring or a business going like a, a gaming developer going out of business or like someone being acquired it's uh, it, it seems like a lot, like far more than usual. But I, th- I have never had a gaming news podcast until now, so I don't know if it's just because I have like my finger on the pulse or because shit is hitting the fan. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's like a little bit of both. Like gaming is an extremely volatile 
industry with like studios constantly getting shuttered and then opening and being acquired and purchased and you know people stepping into the limelight and the leadership role for a brief period of time but i will also say that this is kind of like you know we, we are, we're seeing people step down after 32 years yeah uh, at both playstation and microsoft here and a lot of different reorganizations going so i don't know if this is like post-pandemic like a you know, people are adjusting to this new kind of era we're in. We're also in the middle of a gen, so people should be gearing up for the next gen. Uh, it's only a few years away, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I, Microsoft. It seemed like it's not a bad idea for them to reorganize their uh, leadership because up until this point, they've acquired and acquired and acquired a lot of studios, but we haven't really seen the fruits of that labor yet. And maybe with this new gigantic, like unprecedented acquisition they just went under. Uh, went through with Activision Blizzard. They just need to shift some things around and make sure that like maybe there's some fresh blood overseeing some of these projects because I c I can't imagine Xbox's level of shit that they're overseeing has probably just quintupled ex exponentially grown over the last like ten years. Like they keep buying more and more studios that are making more and more games. So like I'm sure whoever's overseeing this now has to have like a full team of underlings who are also overseeing all these different projects, making sure that everything's going according to plan. Because then we have things like Redfall last year, or was that this year? That was like a disaster for them. And that was a game that came out of Bethesda, which was an acquisition, right? So it's not like, oh, we acquire the studio and now they're going to continue to make good games. As we've seen with that one, it was like, oh no, maybe just acquiring these studios doesn't mean they're going to keep making good games. Maybe we need a change up in leadership to make sure that things are still hitting the mark. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's a it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah, the whoever's head of Microsoft Gaming, it, it I do not I'm not jealous of them. Like holy fuck, it's just like it seems like it's so much stuff to oversee. And like I I can only assume like like it's not like they're they're fucking overseeing every last thing. Uh they probably have a bunch of like sp spider webbing uh like a, a whole fucking tree of people below them that are uh, helping them oversee like their own individual departments and whatnot. But still, sounds like a fucking nightmare to just control all this chaos. So, uh, hopefully Microsoft doesn't uh, shit the bed because if they do, it's a whole lot of games and a whole lot of stuff that uh, they're gonna start pumping out. That's gonna be really bad. Yeah, and. This also gave us a little bit of a peek. Like, we've heard rumblings about how, like, the next Xbox is going to be very cloud-focused, uh, you know. And so, like, w that, that gives us a little glimpse of what Xbox is kind of thinking about next-gen. Uh, but now we're also getting indication that they are looking at implementing AI into their, into their cloud systems, right? So I don't know exactly what that's going to mean for us, but we're also getting a little indication that cloud and AI are probably going to be somewhat involved behind the scenes at the very least in whatever is coming next. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just hoping that it's the best for the gamer. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. I just hope we don't get solely, like, AI-generated games because I think, you. I feel like it. you can tell. Like, I feel like, at least, I, I personally think that I can tell when a game is made with, like, heart and it, it feels like someone cared about the project that they worked on versus just like a completely like ai generated kind of gimmicky game or like games that rely too heavily on ai i don't know I, I just think that is a very like i'm for ai but to a degree i think it's a very slippery slope i i 100 i'm very very tentative about ai as a whole just because i feel like it devalues uh art overall and the skill required to make art 
um, and it places more value just on the idea, not the execution or the practice or the yeah you know, the, the learning of the skill. But yeah, I feel like we've had a lot of games over the last thirty years that are like terrible, right? Like they're they're either like monetized into hell or they're like lazy or they're missteps. I feel like soon we'll probably get a game that relies, like you're saying, way too much on AI, and it'll be very obvious surface level that this is just a, a kind of a low ball ai driven uh like product and, and well, I, i'm not looking forward to that especially if you get one that's a, a commercial success uh that will just incentivize people to be like oh we we can just follow this format and then uh make money and put in less anything that like gets a company more money with less work they will fucking lean super hard into yeah. and ai is kind of the fucking like poster child of making money with a minuscule amount of work and so it's very easy to over rely on that yeah i was having a conversation the other day where someone was bringing up how ai generated is different than procedurally generated because like a minecraft world is procedurally generated Mm -hmm. but those procedures are written by humans Mm -hmm. and like minecraft bleeds a lot of like heart into it right like and ai can mimic that feeling uh, so I don't know. I, I had another conversation where someone was like, I hope GTA six, every building in GTA six, I hope you can walk into because they'll use AI technology to just generate the inside of the building. And it's like, okay, well that's a really slippery slope. Kind of like you're saying, uh, of like, well, is I, every, the inside every building going to feel the same? Like, I think that's a fun tool though. Like, cause like for things that if you're like going through random buildings and it's all AI generated and as long as it's not like full ass levels uh, that you're spending shitloads of time like if you're just like running through a building and like shooting rocket launchers and stuff and you see that like there's uh it, like full uh, infrastructure and NPCs like doing like an office job or something and that was generated by AI, AI I think that's like perfect for AIs like do all that fucking monotonous background shit that uh makes the world feel more lived in and populated while you can focus on putting more of your time into, like, the actual game and the actual, like, world building and stuff. Yeah, and then it's like, where do we draw the line in the sand where, you know, a developer decides, okay, we're just going to use AI for that monotonous background stuff, but we're not going to use it for, like, more substantial stuff yeah. that is more noticeable, right? Because I think that's, yeah. like, the slippery slope there that's that's difficult. It's a greasy little slimy slope, you know? It's slick and icy. You feel me? Like <laughs> you feel how slick this is the slope is? <laughs> Yeah, I could uh, that we could like talk for a very long time about AI. I agree. Uh, but on, the, but on right. the this is a news podcast, okay? We aren't here to uh be freaking out about AI and the dangers of it. So yeah, guys, if you want to learn more about Microsoft's AI technology, like I said, uh Google Microsoft Copilot, that seems to be the new spearhead for them. Or just so, talk also, to any of your uncles on Facebook. They all seem to be very uh, opinionated. Yeah, opinionated. They they're opinionated. I don't know if they're experts, but they they seem to like to talk about it. So, go for that's a good place to start. Talk to the people. So the, the Xbox Partner Preview Showcase happened on Wednesday, showing off various titles. It was kind of like a little Xbox, uh, just a little Xbox showcase. I think it was the first of its kind. Uh, content was shown off for Like a Dragon. Seems like they're getting a DLC that's kind of parodying Animal Crossing. And then some trailers for new games were shown off, including Spirit of the North 2, Ikaro Will Not Die, Still Wakes the Deep, Robocop, Rogue City, Manor Lords, uh, The Finals, and Dungeons of Hinterberg. Still Wakes the Deep caught my eye, especially it looks like a spooky kind of ambient horror game set on an oil rig. It kind of looked maybe like a walking simulator. It reminded me of Amnesia. Uh, It's set for a 2024 release. 
and I'm looking forward to lo- learning more about Still Wakes the Deep. Uh, it looks it looks it looks spooky. So 2024, they should aim for maybe that like. I feel like horror games always hit like a sweet January, February spot or they hit like around October. Those are the, the two times people are looking to get scared. I'm looking to feel fear at all times. Cause I'm all a, times. I'm a numb nihilistic man. Just think about AI. I just want to. <laughs> it's the only thing that brings me fear. <laughs> me and the uncles on Facebook got a whole forum going on. <laughs> uh, the, the finals also looks really sick. It's like an FPS multiplayer sh- multiplayer shooter. It takes place within a game show, and it looks like the environment is very destructible. Uh, players are kind of like using different abilities to steal cash from the other one. Yeah. You got, you got players turning into coins when they die. I saw this game beta tested when it was like first coming out. Uh, it looks so cool, and there's like a bunch of like superpowers and fucking uh, like people get like sledgehammers and can like fucking tunnel their way through like these skyscraper levels. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. The finals. Looks sick. Uh, and then some Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater gameplay was shown off within the f- Unreal Engine 5. So, yeah, that kind of, like, wraps up what happened at that little uh, showcase. Uh, it's kind of cool. I like when there's uh, these little showcases, little uh, updates. Yeah, I'm a big fan of showcases. Um, uh, it's always exciting to see uh, what they got cooking up. And at some of them, they got a weird guy playing a flute, so... That's cool. Love the weird guy playing a flute. So mm-hmm. Alan Wake 2 comes out today. It's currently sitting at an 88 on Metacritic based on 36 reviews. And so here are some of the reviews. Of the perfect scores, the 10 out of 10s, reviewers are saying this is Remedy's best game yet. Better than the first Alan Wake. Better than Max Payne 1 and 2. Better than Control, a Game of the Year winner back in 2019. Our reviewers are saying it's an astounding push forward for the creative innovation within the video game horror genre. In their 9 out of 10 review, IGN called it one of the boldest and most brain-bending survival horror storylines this side of Silent Hill 2. Mm. I saw one reviewer comparing it to True Detective Season 1 through a Finnish lens. And then, of course, we got the bottom review, the low, the outlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metro gave it a 6 out of 10, saying that it undermines Metro the best... <laughs> Metro Holy fuck! Said it undermines the best elements of the original, but still has enough right to please both existing fans and potential newcomers. So overall, very positive reviews coming out about Alan Wake 2. I'm seeing it put in with the Game of, game of the Year conversation now. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to hop into this. Uh, I heard that you, you can beat it in like 12 to 15 hours or something like that. So mm. it's not it's not too long. Chef's so kiss. Just, That's what I chef's like kiss. Hear. It'll spooky story. I'm going to try to beat that this weekend. You're just a man made of time, Kelton. How do you do it? <sighs> I make time. Okay. <laughs> Why fucking sleep, you know? Why ever sleep when you can be grinding Spider-Man, Mario Wonder, and Wake 2? Are you ready uh, for Alan Wake 2? Yeah, I... Have you beat Alan Wake? <laughs> I haven't beaten Alan Wake 1, <laughs> but I want to beat Alan Wake 1 before I play Alan Wake 2, so it's going to... You gonna, definitely should. It's going to be a minute before I fucking play Alan Wake 2, unfortunately. Um, It is spooky time, and those are spooky games. So I like now is the time for me to be playing Alan Wake, and I've booted up a couple times this month, and so I'm like I'm whittling away at it. You just gotta shred through that shit, man. Yes, sir. I'm just gonna get some G fuel in me, get the G fuel IV, plug it in, and then just not sleep for like two days, and just play Alan Wake, and then have constant night terrors about Alan Wake. That's kind of like playing Alan Wake. I'll have my <laughs> impressions on it next week. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm really excited to see uh, like how how you feel about it because that's like one of your favorite games of all time. And sequels yeah. for your favorite game can be very 
very hit or miss, you know. Uh, have you ever had a favorite, like a favorite of like a game, and the sequel uh, surprised you by being better than the original? Yeah, um, Arkham. The Ooh, literally okay. the entire Arkham series, I felt what got better with every game. I'm on the other end. I thought they got worse. You're so dumb. <laughs> <He's not. laughs> You're I like Asylum the most. I think Asylum is very fun, and the environment is very spooky, but. I feel like it's so clunky in terms of like the movement, like those awkward moments where you're just Batman sprinting from one building to the next. They just feels really not Batman. Like there's a, there's a lot of time spent just like sprinting in a field to go from like a, a sanatorium to like a therapy room. And I feel like that's not Batman at all. That's just you awkwardly running. And he doesn't, he's not a like particularly fast guy. Uh, so I wasn't like those moments when you couldn't quite glide all the way to the next spot. You're like, fuck, I got to jog a little bit. <laughs> I, that took me out of it a lot. I'm not going to lie. That's why I fucking, wow. a Batmobile, pretty choice, pretty fucking choice. Any other, uh, sequels? Um, that were better than the first. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Modern Warfare 2. I thought Modern Warfare 2 was, was, uh, my favorite Call of Duty. Uh, and uh, dang. better than Modern Warfare, bada bing! There you go, Activision. Er, Got the Call of Duty mention. Was that an act? Was that sludge? What? Whichever one made Modern Warfare. Um, Infinity Ward. Fucking fucking uh, Titanfall two, obviously fucking really good. Okay. Super Smash Bros. Melee, really good. Way better than the first one. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the times, sequels do, uh, enhance upon the gameplay in my opinion what about you was there uh was there a sequel that you thought kind of bombed that was worse besides arkham that was worse mm-hmm. um hmm. pretty much oh assassin's creed also i thought assassin's creed 2 really? was way better than the first assassin's creed uh, i think the first one's better than that one too you're fucked in the head buddy dude what's <laughs> that what's the first guy's name altier yeah yeah, Ezio's uh, so more... full of charm. I don't care, Ezio, man. He's he's got that sweet upper lip scar from taking a rock to the face. How many rock <laughs> scars does Altair have? He does, he's, he's missing a finger. I'll give him that. Resident Evil 2, I think, is a lot better than Resident Evil 1. Uh, Last of Us Part 2, I think, is better than the first one. Disagree with that. No taste. <laughs> okay. Kingdom Hearts 2, better than the first one. That's true. Guitar Hero 2, better than the first one. What? Isn't it just Skate. like more songs? Like, isn't that Skate just two. the only difference? Better than the first one. Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, better than the first one. And that's what I'm Fable saying. Fable 2. I feel like a majority of sequels are better than the first because they just improve upon the mechanics. I-, I think where a lot of the times where a sequel does fall short is the story. Like, I, I feel like that is the biggest thing for them to nail. Uncharted 2 is better than Uncharted 1, also. But I think Uncharted 3 isn't better than Uncharted 2. Just saying. But Uncharted Four is the best one. Mm-hmm. They have the they're very like fluctuating over at Unchartedville. Yeah, I learned that uh, side tangent about Uncharted Four. I learned that uh, after Last of Us, uh, Neil Druckmann and the other developer, I I feel bad not remembering his name, but the other director for that game, because they there's two they tag teamed Last of Us One. Uh, right after that, they got put on to Uncharted Four, 
because Uncharted 4 was like in disaster mode. Mm-hmm. And so they just went straight from the grind of The Last of Us and then switched over to Uncharted and wrote that story. God so damn. I feel like Uncharted 4 really has that kind of like human storytelling that uh, Last of Us yeah, a little grittier the series. Little little more down to earth than Uncharted 3 for sure. Um but yeah, I I think uh 90% of the time a sequel is better in my opinion. So, do you think Spider-Man 2 is better than the first one? Well, we're not counting Miles Morales, I assume. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I it my it's kind of hard to tell i've played like three hours of the new spider-man game um <laughs> no. not a ton obviously i i 100 percent of the first spider-man game it really seems like super similar like it just seems like almost like a dlc like just like nice fucking coat of paint new fresh paint and uh i i guess like a new fucking character model for peter and uh yeah, more suits. It it just seems very similar. It, like I guess you get like wings and new gadgets, but like nothing too insane to change the formula of Spider-Man. It's good. I like it a lot. I I do wish they took uh they took advantage of the Rogues Gallery of Spider-Man more. I feel like something that Arkham did exceptionally well is the side quests were fucking fascinating and they weren't just like the same type of gameplay over and over again and it played into each uh rogue in his gallery uh whereas in spider-man also i mean every superhero game has that luxury to like play upon these established villains and the the side quests in this one just seem kind of like i don't know a little tedious and like i don't look forward to doing a whole lot of side quests in spider-man whereas in batman i'm like oh what kind of like wacky hijinks am I get into fighting Mad Hatter and Batman or like uh, am I gonna be stopping a heist or something I don't know it seems a lot more varied uh, in Batman than it does Spider-Man in terms of the game mechanics with their side yeah quests. I'll get into spoilers later in the podcast but without spoiling or saying anything that's spoilery um, I'm like I don't think that Spider-Man 2 is better than Spider-Man 1 I think it's extremely strong game I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. I did. I have hundred percented it. I got the platinum trophy. It took me about eighteen hours, and so you know it's nice and short and sweet. I really, really enjoyed my time with it. Like I, re- I honestly really wish I had more game to play. Like I'm really looking forward to the DLCs. Mm. With that said, obviously I do really like the game. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Story-wise, I think the first game is just a little bit stronger. And for me, I actually really like the side stuff in Spider-Man, mainly the like friendly neighborhood shit like when he's like helping an old man get to like where he proposed to his wife and just like small reminders that like spider-man is very human spider-man like has a lot of empathy for just normal people uh instead of just like the grandiose boss battle stuff like spider-man fighting craven the hunter big boss battle i am not as interested or invested as like seeing spider-man help an old woman figure out what what's breaking into her her backyard and then kind of like helping her on a human level. And I think in this game, uh, miles actually ended up being my favorite character. I had almost rolled my eyes when I had to was forced to go back into Peter's shoes mm. because Peter feels kind of like different in this game where he's like very much older and he's just like more wrapped up in his own shit of like trying to find a good work life balance. Uh, and that's like hey, main the biggest, the biggest villain of them all. Finding good work yeah. balance. And Miles' story is more focused on like finding out who he is and like f- 
like just similar to the movie of like finding out who exactly what kind of Spider-Man does he want to be and like why does he want to be Spider-Man and who really is Miles and what are his priorities and like what what does he value most and like that kind of that was just more of an interesting exploration of character for me than uh than Peter and uh and yeah I have more to say if I can like if I can talk a little bit more about how the game uh plays out but I really liked the more human stuff I also thought it was pretty cool that those human stories where you like can help just an everyday citizen do something you can play a lot of those as Peter or Miles and depending on which one you choose to play it as they'll have different dialogue which I thought was cool that was cool I always I ended up almost always choosing to play them as Miles because it was just like nice to see Miles as a kid just figuring out that way and i don't know if i just prefer spider-man as a teenager or if it was just because like this peter is just really not connecting with me but like you said some it does feel very similar to the first game i almost i wish it was longer i think i'd have a better opinion of this game if it was like five hours longer Mm. but the fact that i was able to shred through it so fast there's just certain parts of the story that i wish were just expanded upon and explored a little bit more i feel that i i have a really hard time uh really caring about all the characters when you get these games where you're split between two playable characters like god of war mm-hmm. like this like last of us like it, it it's hard for me to like i always find myself like picking a favorite and not like loving both of them like i'll i'll, like, I'll always have one that i I've, have a really good time with and then one that just like uh eh, like i don't really i just I want to get back to the other person. This is just filling time until I get back to that other person. Yeah, I can agree. Like Atreus sections in God of War were sometimes like, or God of War 2, uh, Ragnarok were sometimes like just an absolute chore to get through because it's like, oh, I really don't care that much about what Atreus is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, And I feel like I, I don't think a game has ever really set that balance very well. Like it's always, it's it's pretty extreme for me at least every single time I go into a game where you're, there's two playable characters and you're trying to tell a story with the two individuals. Yeah, and Peter Peter Parker is also an interesting thing because you know, his story's been told a hundred times. There's so many different Spider-Man video games. We've seen a story over and over and this is kind of a different take on it because he's an older Spider-Man. A lot of, a lot of the eras of Spider-Man that we've seen him in have already passed. But yeah, they didn't. They haven't. They didn't refresh it enough or change it up enough for me to like fully be interested. I, but before we get into the spoiler discussion... Uh, I wanted to talk about Game of the Year predictions because we're almost done with the year now and almost every notable release that is probably a Game of the Year contender has come out. So I just want to give you a refresher and then I want you to give me like four or five games that you think are up for this fight. Mm. So this year we saw The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, Metroid Prime Remastered, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Sea of Stars, Diablo 4, Dave the Diver, Spider-Man 2, Dead Space Remake, Hogwarts Legacy, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Darkest Dungeon 2, Pikmin 4, Starfield, Lies of P, Alan Wake 2, and Super Mario RPG. God damn, that's a good, that's a great year. Yeah. Fuck, man. I mean, these past two years have been phenomenal for uh, just games in general. Do you do you have like a, a game of the year at this moment in time? I will have more of a definitive decision after I beat Alan Wake 2. Yeah. But right now, That's I think I the main contenders in this arena are going to be Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I was, those are probably in my top three as well. I think Spider-Man 2 will probably be in the discussion, but I don't think it's going to take home the win. I don't. Th- I think Spider-Man 2 is just like, it's a good game. It's a it's like the most like B game, of a B-plus game. You know, it's like, it's a fun time. I 
would never play Spider-Man 2 more than once. Unless I'm doing some kind of, like, Spider-Man-themed night or something. I'm conflicted because it was a really, really good game. Like, I haven't felt that feeling of, like, when you go to work and you're like, fuck, I just can't wait to get off work to go play True. this game. Like, all I want to do is play this game. And I felt that with Spider-Man 2. Um, so, like, it's it's it's... I guess I still need to sort out exactly what I don't like about that game. That's not it just, like my thing is it up it, at the number one. My thing is just it's not like innovative. Like a lot of these other games are like Baldur's Gate through and through is like nothing but innovative. And it's just constantly pushing boundaries for what gaming is. Tears of the Kingdom, entirely new mechanics. Like they're they're just they're tr- like it doesn't always hit for me. Like it's not like holy like it's still like. At the core, very Breath of the Wild, but it's got some pretty fucking cool, like, creative mechanics that are really interesting. That they're like, they're playing and doing new stuff. But Spider Man 2 is just more Spider Man at the end of the day, which I love, but it's, it's just like, as a, as a game and not necessarily just a story, I need a little bit more, you know? I will say, like, some, they have ironed out a lot of, like, things I didn't like about the first game. Like, small, just small little things about, like, movement and yeah. some some combat, some other stuff, and they did change in combat I'm not a big fan of. But, like, they, they just ironed out a lot of kinks to where they feels like they're perfecting the formula. Uh, so, yeah, it does feel like the same thing, just, like, uh, almost like they chiseled away some of the sharp edges. They didn't add anything new on. It seems like a like a leaner version of the last game. Like, it seems like it's just a more polished version, um, which is great. I'm really excited for the third, inst- if there is going to be a third installation, or... There definitely is going to be a a, a sequel to this, because obviously there's Miles Morales. Um, but, yeah, I, if, I, I think that with that third one they've kind of made three very very similar games in a row and so i feel like for this next one they're gonna have to innovate a little bit more yeah insomniac's next game will be wolverine next year the year after Mm -hmm. and then they set up the the game ends in a big cliffhanger there's gonna be a third spider-man um and honestly i'm kind of hoping after that that maybe insomniac does an original ip or at least takes a break to do an original ip i hope they don't get shoehorned just into being the marvel studio i agree but but i am excited for this next spider-man i'm excited for wolverine holy shit yeah i'm very excited i have high hopes so of those games, what do you think are your uh, your your game of the year contenders? Uh, probably Baldur's Gate at number one, just because I'm such a D and D guy, and I've never seen D and D like properly done in a video game setting. And goddamn, do they get it close! And they like put their own spin on things to like give more uh, quality of life to it in a game setting. And it's not the same, but it's it's very. It, captures the essence of D really well i feel like that's number one tears of the kingdom number two i've dabbled a little bit of dave the diver and i've seen a whole lot of gameplay and it looks really fucking interesting so maybe dave the diver at number three but i can't really it's kind of tough to say until i like complete the game uh what about you i haven't played Baldur's gate three i know it's gonna be number one on a lot of people's lists so counting that one out for me because i haven't played it yet mm. and also i want to mention super mario bros wonder is incredible really i've like, yet to play it. it is it is actually incredible and it's one of the best mario games ever made which is just like i don't know it wasn't really on my radar i, mean, I did buy it so somewhat but it's it's so much fun it's just improves upon the 2d mario formula in every way which i didn't even know 
could be this much improved upon at this point since we had so many Mario games. But right. Super Mario Bros. Wonder is awesome. That said, I'm not going to put in my top three. I'd probably say Tears of the Kingdom is up there for me along with probably, you know, it's kind of funny that Starfield isn't really in a lot of people's top three. Uh, such a big deal when it first came out. I never really thought it was going to be groundbreaking, <laughs> uh, Starfield. I thought it was pretty much going to be what it was, which is just like, another bethesda game but in a different locale you know it didn't seem like there was anything like any new mechanics or anything that were going to be like revolutionary yeah so i'd probably say tears of the kingdom and dave the diver and liza p are my top three right liza p that's i want to put more time into liza p because i i've only put in a couple hours and it's really interesting but like when i man when i have like when I haven't finished Elden Ring and I haven't finished Bloodborne, it, it's really hard for me to want to finish uh, Liza P first, you know? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's more of a, a really great style of game that I love to play. So I'm certain I will finish it in the future. Okay. I think so, I just got to play more games, Kelton. I just need to find yeah, some more I've, time to play some I've fucking been games. Say, I've been saying this. <laughs> So now that we're done with that discussion, I just want to talk about a little bit, some Spider-Man 2 spoilers, just a little bit. Mm. Uh, so if you guys haven't played Spider-Man and you're like very much, you're really nervous about spoilers or whatever, just end it now. It's been a good, it's been a good run. Mm-hmm. Uh, catch us back next week. But yeah, let's talk about Spider-Man 2. So how far into Spider-Man are you, Cameron? I'm not very far, man. I'm like... Uh, Harry and Peter are high schoolers, and they're doing, they're doing like a flashback. <laughs> not not super far at all, if I'm being honest. Ah oh, man, well I don't want to spoil things for you either. You can like, spoil things God for me. Damn. It's okay. I mean, I'm not. I won't. I won't spoil everything for you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who dies, mm. but I will. I will say who doesn't die. Okay. And I feel like in both. The first game and in Miles Morales, I've just been waiting for Peter Parker to die. Mm-hmm. Like, like it seems like his story is a tragedy. It always has been a tragedy. And I keep waiting for him to die and that to be, you know, like the the spark for Miles to be the new Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he doesn't die in this. And I was like, That's wow. kind of a bummer. I, I was, was like, kind of hoping he would as well. Yeah, he doesn't die. Uh, and it makes it seem like he's going to die. Um, and he does, like, he wants to retire or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Miles is like, I got this or whatever. But I was like, man, like, what's the point of having retired Peter Parker? What good does he do? Does he do like in retirement? Uh, he runs a found foundation. Like he wants to do charity and stuff. Who fucking ca- like narratively? Who cares if he runs a, a fictional charity? Kill the guy. Give give Miles something to fight for. You know, like what the hell? <laughs> uh, part of me is like, okay, I'm happy that he has a happy ending, right? He's gonna like. N- have a better work-life balance and he'll spend more time with his his uh his girlfriend and run a charity like i'm happy for him and miles now gets to step up and you know he's fully accepting his role as spider-man and all the shittiness that comes with that but uh but yeah i don't know i don't know how the next game i'm sure that some shit's gonna go down that's gonna pull peter parker back into his suit uh but also like you were saying with the rogues gallery i was kind of I thought that Spider-Man 1, the first game, did a really good job of telling, like, a tight story while also incorporating a lot of different Spider-Man villains. And this game doesn't do that. Like, there's just mainly, like, one villain. 
or I guess there's two villains. There's you know there's there's Craven and there's Venom, and those are like mm-hmm. the two primary villains throughout the whole story. And I was kind of hoping for a little bit more like integration of some other villains, and that's where this game kind of felt short to me. I think a little bit. Maybe they're saving it for like DLC or something. Maybe. And the cliffhanger kind of teases like a, a Sinister Six setup or something like that. That's for cool. The next, I feel like Spider-Man media is just always teasing Sinister Six, but we never I actually we, get any Sinister Six. Yeah, we've Six never shit. gotten like. I mean, there was like Spider-Man Three, where there was it wasn't the Sinister Sinister Six, but it was like a a group of bad guys that were trying to team up and take down Spider-Man, which I think was like it was like a pseudo Sinister Six, but. Yeah, I, I've we've always been fucking cock teased with these goddamn villains. I just want to see them all hang out and have a, a dastardly time trying to fight Peter Parker. And on that note, like Doctor Strange's like wand makes an appearance in this game, and you see his power get like put on display, but we never see another superhero. You never see anyone else. Like there is the Avengers Tower always in New York. You always are reminded that there's the Black Panther place, but you mm-hmm. never actually see another hero and i thought i started getting a little bit excited at my you know my mcu nerd in me was like are we gonna see wolverine at some point like is there gonna Mm. be some tie-in to this next game or maybe because in the comics spider-man and wolverine actually do have like a couple tie-ins so that would be really fucking cool is there gonna be like any type of setup like maybe i guess there could be a dlc but like i have 100 percent of the game and the the biggest crossover is there's an easter egg or once you finish doing a certain collectible quest line there's a reference uh the guy the main guy in uh the new spider-man across the spider-verse oh uh miguel o'hara yeah there's a reference to miguel like miguel's name dropped and spider-man doesn't understand what's going on and like that's it like that you don't see him or anything like that so like that's only like reference and i was like i just thought it was like if somebody if insomniac's gonna build upon like a wolverine thing and stuff we're gonna get maybe a little bit more uh Little like crossovers or references yeah, or a little setup more or fucking something multiverse like that. juice, you know, some of that flavor. So we got like, and I, another big, a big theme of this game is second chances because a lot of here, a lot of villains like Tombstone or Mysterio have been like captured in previous games or previous years and now have been let out of prison and are like trying to have a second chance of being a better person. Um, and that was like a little bit. Kind of like, I don't know, man. I had a hard time swallowing that pill because at one point, I mean, at, at some level, it's like nice. I Like, that's cool. You know, people having second chances. On the other side, I'm like, haven't these people committed like absolutely like heinous crimes? Like, aren't yeah, these like, like borderline terrorism? Super villains, right? Like they're blowing up yeah. buildings and shit and they're already out of prison working at a theme park. Like what? Like what happened? Like, how are they out of prison? What What program is going on here? Really, really good behavior in prison. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. And you get the guy who was arrested for having like a dime bag of weed on him and he's just in for life. Yeah. So that's like it's a good message but it was also just a little like my immersion I just stopped for a second. I kept being like, "Wait, why I just beat this guy like last game and now they're already out and like okay, like all right. Interesting decision we made here. But but a lot of the times the, the like the game shows you that they did change. You know? Mm. Like, they're actually good now. Like, they're actually making the right decisions. And it's like, okay, nice. Good for Tombstone. Don't see that very often. <laughs> I'm glad that murderous mobster is getting a second chance. Kingpin, completely absent from this game. Thought that was interesting. Hmm. Spider-Man, 
it's an interesting game. I I think, like I said, really fun, really great game. A lot of like I I was bawling at the end of the story. Uh, I had tears running down my cheeks. Uh, but certain chinks in the armor, certain parts of it fall flat. And I know we saw we read about a lot of reviewers pointing to like open world falling flat for them, and I didn't necessarily feel like that. I just wish there was more story. Like, I just wish there was a little bit, I, like, and that's probably why I was drawn to those quiet explorations of character and like the smaller like side missions. Mm. And because I'm not that invested in the big grandiose boss battles. Because at one point in the story, man, when you're doing the story missions, if you mainline them, you have, like, boss battle after boss battle after boss battle after boss battle, like, five different boss battles. And they they keep increasingly getting more health bars. And I was, like, getting frustrated because I'm like, I don't play Spider-Man for the boss battles. True. I'm I'm playing it for, like, this, I guess, because I'm more of, like, an older Spider-Man nerd. I want to see the storyline. Yeah. I like it for the fucking uh, the swinging, if I'm being honest. Like, my favorite part about it is the swinging. They seem to add, like, more animations. You'll, like, do a a swing, and then at the very pinnacle of it, you'll do, like, more flips or, like, land in different styles. And I feel like in the first one, it got a little bit bland because you're just kind of – your character model is just kind of static a lot of the time. Uh, or you, you could do tricks and stuff, but it'd be, like, manually – uh, but it seems like they've automatically had them do like more. Uh, it just seems like there's more uh, character animations, and just I feel like that adds a little bit more uh, longevity and freshness to swing because you swing literally fucking everywhere, and it's very entertaining. Yeah, we, I know we previously talked about the fast traveling, but I almost never fast travel in this game because it's just so much fun to just traverse from one end of the city to the other, with, yeah. especially with the wingsuit and like all the upgrades that you can do to swinging and. And everything like that. It's just so much fun to just swing around and be Spider-Man. And it feels faster, which is really nice. Like, I I almost never in the first one would, like, dive down as deep as I could to gain a lot of speed. Because you can go pretty fast by just, like, constantly holding the trigger and just going um, from rooftop to rooftop. Or, like, just launching yourself with the little, like, double trigger, uh, like, jump thing. I fucking love, like, skydiving and getting a bunch of momentum and then using that to propel myself it's it feels way faster and like actually like a lot more a lot more skill based but it's not like difficult it's just more skill based than the last one i feel like because of the speed yeah it it's it's great like uh there's they like i said they keep improving the formula keep ironing it out i don't know what exactly they could improve in the next one right like they introduced the wingsuit they better side quests better use of your rogues Better use of the rogues, better side quests. More um, gadgets. More city, I guess. More more time spent as Aunt May. Aunt May. Her corpse. Yeah. yeah. Her, she's dead. So, <laughs> uh, more Aunt May time. Bring her back. Bring her back from the dead. Have her fight Spider-Man. Bada bing, bada boom. You're welcome, Somniac. There is a portion of the game, I should touch on this, where you play as Venom. It's just crazy. Just like randomly. Also, the, the Mary Jane portions you feels like call of duty like you're just running around shooting like they're not stealth anymore you can just fucking run around and shoot your way through a bunch of enemies which i was like an m16 honestly was it i like that change because i didn't i don't like like suddenly having to pause my action to like sneak around and if you know i hate the game mechanic if someone spots you it's mission over Mm, me too but yeah when you play as venom and you're not playing as Miles or Peter or Venom. You're just playing as someone else, Venom. You're, like, breaking people's spines, fucking 
using them as like it's like brutal like they capture the brutality of venom so well of him just like just being an absolute massacre terror just destroying and killing people hell yeah i saw some rumblings on twitter of people being like you should make a venom game and they're like we, we will do what the fans want or whatever you know a non-answer Ooh. but if there is a venom game i don't know what that would be like i mean, that might be a good opportunity for the sinister six or whatever or something. This game does a fun setup of another symbiote villain. Carnage. Uh, I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil who it is. <laughs> but uh, they're okay. teased. They're teased for the future. So that could be set up for uh, either next game or a uh, DLC or a. Uh... I'm looking forward to seeing Carnage. It should be cool. You'll see. I don't know what you're going to see. Oh, now. is it fucking Whiplash or the one that no one fucking cares about? There's only two symbiotes, man, that anyone cares about. That's Carnage and Venom. I'm pretty sure there's a third symbiote villain. If if it is about that third villain, don't <laughs> give a shit. Do not fucking care. <laughs> I thought Mr. Negative is an original character from the first game. I thought that his use in this game was actually really, really cool. I thought that was one of the coolest parts of this whole game, actually, was... And probably the best part of the story was his involvement in the story. I thought they did a really good job with Mr. Negative in the first one. Usually I'm not for like, especially if it's a, uh, like a movie tie-in game or not tie-in, but it's a, uh, not an original IP, uh, a licensed video game. There it is. Um, when they, when the game adds their own, uh, villains or characters or anything, I feel like it's usually a bit of a flop, but I thought Mr. Negative was great. Agreed. And that's like, that first game did such a good job of balancing so many different villains, because Mr. Negative's not even the main villain of the game. Like, it's Doc Ock, and, uh, and yeah. Well, awesome. I think that's, we've way over time, but yeah. that was for the spoiler discussion. I'm glad that we were able to talk about some Spider-Man. Uh, next episode, we can talk about some Alan Wake 2, as well as whatever news happens over the next week. So thanks, guys, if you're still listening. I hope that you enjoyed Spider-Man 2, or you are, uh, you know, you learned something new about it today. Yeah. So, bye bye. Bye bye, guys.